Thank you so much for joining us for another message from Sandhill Free Will Baptist Church in Sandusky, Ohio. This podcast you're about to enjoy was given live before the congregation at Sandhill. It is our desire as a church to live Christ to people while loving people to Christ. We pray that this podcast will invigorate and encourage your walk with Christ. It is our steadfast belief that we can still be unwavering in our faith if we hold fast to the absolute truth of God's mighty word. For more sermons like this, as well as additional content, please visit our website at www.sandhillfwb.com or visit our social media pages on YouTube or Facebook, keyword Sandhill FWB Church. May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way. I'm reading in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. If you want to be finding your way uh, there this morning, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Um, I feel like this, um, and some of you will understand this and some of you maybe will not, but I feel like this is kind of a camp message this morning, and I kind of been praying, should I, should I preach it or not, and, um, and, but here's what I got to thinking. Those of you, somebody maybe help me, but what are the best services we have all year? The camp. Can anybody deny that? They're, they're the best services we have of the entire year. You know, I've had people tell me, well, you know, I'm not interested in that kid stuff, and I don't, want, I don't have nothing to do with camp, and I just want the old-fashioned way. And I, mean, I said, you know that we go there, and we shout, and God shows up, and the Spirit moves, and it's, it's like everything you'd ever want. Oh, are you serious? I thought it was just a bunch of craziness the kids wanted to do. No, it's worshiping the Lord. So this morning's message, those of you that go to camp are probably going to think he's just preaching a camp message, and probably it is. Um, but um, really heavy on my heart this morning, and I really believe this has a potential changing everybody here this morning. And um, so let us read. Um, the Lord brought this chapter to my mind. I was praying this week, and I have read this chapter over and over and over and over. And um, just going to read 10 verses for the sake of time. Uh, but God has greatly used this chapter to speak to my heart. And I hope that it will, it will do the same to you. So I would really ask you to give me your undivided attention. Allow the Lord to speak to you. It's not me you're listening to. It's the Lord. Uh, but I pray that you would uh, try to tune everything else out. Those of you watching this online, if you would read along and try to, try to set all the distractions aside, I believe God can use this message to help us this morning. So let's stand and honor God's word. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, <clears throat> verse number 1. And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in a demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Amen? How be it we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor the princes of this world that come to naught, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which one which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, 
they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither hath it entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit, and the spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. Let us pray. Lord, I thank you for the service this morning. Truly thank you for all that are here. Thank you, Father, for those watching us online. And Lord, I realize that I am nothing but a hindrance here this morning, but I pray your Holy Spirit would take control. And every word that I say would come from you and not uh, not be hindered by me, I pray. Lord, speak to the hearts of all of us. When this service is over, may we be closer to you, I pray in Jesus' name. And amen. You can be seated. Just a tremendous, tremendous scripture, and we'll get to that just in a minute, but I kind of like to... Um, uh, just share with you a little bit. Um, there is uh, that we preached about this many, many times. This is not a Sandhill thing. This is not a Baptist thing. This is a worldwide thing. But there is, and everybody knows it. There is a the conflict between being spiritual and being biblical, right? And we can go to those churches, and they're just boy, they're just crazy spiritual. They're not interested in the Bible, but they're just crazy spiritual, right? And then we go to those churches, they're very, very biblical, and they're very, very unspiritual, right? That's what we look at. So we have, been, we have been deceived by the devil that you either need to be biblical or you need to be spiritual, but you can't be both. And if you want to be more biblical, that means you're going to be less spiritual. So that has been the conflict. We've talked about it many times. Everybody knows that's the case. Uh, um, I think that's a common understanding that we have. So I want to explain to you just a little bit, uh, I'm setting the message up, so just bear with me. I want to explain to you a little bit uh, where your pastor is at. Um, it's kind of a funny thing, but I remember whenever um, I first started pastoring the church. And I remember back then, I thought I knew how to pastor. And I thought I knew what we needed to do. And I remember thinking to myself, it's simple. I'll just do what the Bible says. How hard could it be? Just do what the Bible says, right? And, and we'll just pass to the church that way. Well, well now uh, that all the years have gone by, I feel so very inadequate to pastor the church. I just know that I can't do it. Uh, maybe like Brother Jacob said, maybe it's in my weakness I'm made strong. Maybe His grace is sufficient when I am weak, and, and maybe that's what it is. But I don't know how to pastor this church. But let me bring some things to your mind. Many of you, I don't think, realize this. Let me bring to your mind what is going on at Sand Hill right now as we speak. I was thinking this morning, I have got exactly what I said I wanted years and years ago. I didn't realize maybe what I was asking for when I said it. But this church has been here since 1957. Do you know I am the first pastor ever since this church has been here that has ever had to do what I am doing? You say, what are you talking about, Pastor? Ever since this church has been here, every person who came through that door was raised the same, thought the same, believed the same. I, I mean, we were all saying, everybody came in, they had the same, they thought church was one way, they thought everything was exactly the same. And so, if you had, and if someone came in, and I can remember this story, when someone came in and was lost, and they got saved... Their grandma, their aunt, their uncle, somebody knew the Bible. Someone had trained them just exactly like we were. They knew things were wrong. They knew everything was accepted wrong. So everybody was on the same page. You say, well, we fought about the... Well, there were little tiny things we fought about that weren't in the Bible anyways. But can I just say, we all agreed on all this. We all agreed on what church was and how to live a Christian life. 
We now have, and I remember preaching this, and I, we have it, amen? But we now have a church full of people from all different backgrounds, all different upraisings, all different beliefs. I can't believe the conversations I have with people from this church. I remember, some of you only talk to people who have been going here for 50 years. That's the only people you talk to. You don't talk to anybody else. I remember the first time I mentioned this, and some of you about passed out, about fell on the floor, and about, you know, about had a conniption when I said this. But I remember having a conversation with someone who was going to this church. I don't go here anymore, but someone was going to this church, and they were coming faithfully, like every Sunday. And they, and they argued with me very dogmatically that homosexuality was fine. There was nothing wrong with it. Right? And, and they, they really sincerely, genuinely believe that. Now, some of you think, ain't nobody believes that. But that's what we got going on here. That's what we got going on. We got people coming from all different stripes of life. Their parents were different. Their upbringing was different. They were raised in different ways. Their denominations were different. All these different things. And they come to me. So I get up Monday. I'm going somewhere. Please be patient. I, this is going to be really, really good. Just give me a second. But I got up Monday morning. And I've been going through this for a long time. But I got up Monday morning. And I, and I, I just got up. And I said, Lord, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how to do this. And this is really what I thought, and, and forgive me for saying this, most of you know I have made it my life's, my life's goal to be a student of the Word of God. I have studied this thing since I was a little tiny boy. I studied it for hours and hours and hours. I have been very diligent in studying God's Word. And as I got up Monday morning and was thinking about all the different things going on, all the different perspectives and all things that are in church, and this is what I thought. All the Bible knowledge I have, I still don't know what to do. Does anybody understand what I'm talking about? There are, listen, right now as a pastor, here's some of the things I'm facing. I don't have time to give you all, just give me a couple of There are people in this church, if anything changes, if it's not exactly like it's always been, I don't want to be here. There are other people in this church that if it goes back to what it was before, I'm leaving. Well, I go, to ver- I go to the chapter of the Bible and say, well, this is what the Bible says. No, I can't. It's not in the Bible. There are people who have all different beliefs about all different things. There are things that, that we have accepted for years that are, that are right and wrong. And now there are people coming in and saying, I don't know if that's right and wrong. And to be real honest, sometimes they look at me and say, Pastor, we're, why is that wrong in the Bible? And I say, uh, it's not in here. All right? Is anybody with me? So, so I, I'm, I'm struggling. I'm praying, Lord, I, Lord, I, I don't know how to pass the church. I'm not good enough, and, I, and I'm not smart enough. And, I, and we're facing all of these things, and people coming in, all these different beliefs, and all these different attitudes. And, and, and how do I know who to, where do I uh, draw the line? How do I, it isn't just as simple as chapter and verse, and this is what we're going to do. There's a lot of things that, if you could just sit and, and try to make some decisions for a while, you'd understand. There's a lot of things. You don't just get it by knowing the Word of God. I never thought those words would come out of my mouth. And so then we are told, my wife has told me this ever since I started pastoring. Many of you have told me this ever since I started pastoring. I hear this come all the time. Just let the Lord lead you. Is that good advice? That's really good advice. Okay? So for, for all these years, that's what I've been doing. But here's the funny thing with me. Every time I would pray and I would earnestly think and I was arguing with someone or fighting with someone or something was going on or, or, or someone would tell me just let the Lord lead, I would pray and I would really just, just sincerely, earnestly, and I would really feel like the Lord showed me. And I said, this is what we're supposed to do. And that person who said just let the Lord lead you say, nope, that's not what God wants. 
That's not what God wants. That definitely wasn't, that wasn't the right answer. You know what they're really saying is, the way I'm looking at it, God didn't want that. God wanted something different. And if you pray about it, you'd see that God wants you to do what I'm thinking. Right? Is anybody with me? So it's been difficult for me to, to understand this. And can I just be real honest? Here, here look, look, this is really good. Can I be real honest? Respect, there's times I have genuinely, sincerely prayed and, and earnestly thought, God, this is what you're leading me to do. And you know, I would do it. And guess what? God would say, that's not what I was wanting. Is anybody with me? Is there, am I the only person here who has a struggle with being led by the Lord? Is I'm, am I the only one? Because I've been in church a long time. And I've seen an awful lot of people stand up and say an awful lot of things that God was leading them to do. And it's the craziest thing you ever heard. And it wasn't, it wasn't a bit more from God than anything. So I have struggled with this all of my life. And most of you know this isn't nothing new. Most of you know that I struggle with this. So I get up Monday morning and I'm just saying, Lord, I, I don't know how to do this. I, I don't know how to be a pastor. I don't know how to make these decisions. I, I, I can't seem to just find a chapter and verse for everything. I need to be led by you. And, and boy, it's just amazing how God just shows you things. Anybody here believe God shows you things? You know, I don't know. Maybe some of you sitting there thinking that was a tra- crazy testimony Brother Terry gave. And maybe some of you thinking, you know, he's super spiritual. I don't know what you were thinking. But, but I was in the garage the other day. I was thinking that when Brother Terry, and uh, you can do what you want to with it. I was in the garage the other day. I looked and looked. I don't even know what I was looking for now, but I looked and looked and looked. If you see my garage, you'd understand. Well, I looked and looked and looked and looked. Could not find it anywhere. I was going crazy. And this is, this is the honest truth. There's no exaggeration. I said, Lord, where's that at? About 15 seconds. It's right there in front of my face. I've been looking for this thing forever. Now, you say, that doesn't really happen. Well, I want to, I want to, try, and, I want to try and talk to you this morning about being led by the Lord. Being led by the Lord, and as you as you know, I have greatly struggled with this um, all of my life. And if I'm really transparent, and, and I'm going to just try and be just as real as I can be this morning, I've done a lot of repenting this week. I've done a lot of uh, soul searching. I've I've looked in the mirror and seen where I've been very very wrong. But if I could be real honest, because of all the things I've seen people do, and all the things I've seen people say, and all the things that's been blamed on the Lord told me to, and the Lord showed me, and everything else, I've just about come to a place where I'm not interested in God showing me something because it's always wrong. You say, Pastor, I can't believe you're saying that. Well, just think of all the junk we see on a daily basis. God told me this, and God told me that, and God showed me this, and some preacher will stand up and say, Well, this is what we're supposed to do, and it ain't a bit more from God than nothing. And it really messes with your mind. And can I just say, all of you guys know this who've been going here, but it is very, very, very unhandy to think logically when you're a pastor. If I could think with my emotions, I'd have a great time. I mean, it amazes me. Some pastors, you know, they can just say, Woo, God showed me this. Woo, glory, hallelujah, God showed me this. And they're dead wrong. And the next week, they're, Woo, God showed me this. And they're just, and they're just happy to say, And they're just, it doesn't have to make sense. It doesn't have, it's kind of like the, well, I better not say the party name, but it's kind of, it doesn't have to be true or make sense. You just got to say it, right? And everybody believes it. Get excited and everybody's with you. But I can't do that because I got this logical thing that says, I lied last time I said that. It ain't right this time, right? So I've been processing this, and God gave me this chapter. And boy, I have read it and read it and read it, and it has just spoke greatly to me. So let's just kind of quickly go, go, go through it a little bit here. And then I'll try and show you what the Lord showed me. So Paul is writing, if you know anything about your Bible, Brother Jacob said he's a big fan of Paul. He is a very, very intelligent and educated man. He goes out and starts setting up churches. If you go back and read the first uh, chapter there, he speaks about things like God doesn't use the mighty and God doesn't use the the strong. He uses the base things and the weak things and the things that are nothing. And he says the preaching is foolishness uh, and, and no one will accept it. 
except for the Spirit of God. Right? So then Paul says, I came to you, and he said, I, my job was, in verse number one, he says, my, jo- my job was to declare the testimony of God. Now, you've got to realize, a lot of the people he's preaching to ain't been raised in church. It's kind of like our situation. They don't, they don't know right and wrong. If you read the book of Corinthians, you will say those people don't know right and wrong. Amen. <laughs> when you're having uh, sex with your dad's wife, that, you, you, don't think, you don't know what things are right. And that's what's going on inside church members. That's what they were doing, right? They were suing one another. They were messing up the Lord's table. They were, they were fighting with one another. All these things going on. So Paul's preaching to a bunch of people who don't know right and wrong. And he said, I didn't come with my education. I didn't come with all my Bible knowledge. I didn't come with all my uh, look, at, look at me he said, I didn't come with fancy words. He said, I didn't come trying to impress you with how smart I am. But in verse 4, he said, but he said, I, I, I preached in, in the demonstration of the Spirit and the power. So Paul said, my preaching wasn't about how smart I was. It was about the Spirit of God. Are you guys with me? Is everybody with me? All right. The Spirit of God. And then he goes on in verse 5, he said, The reason that I didn't want it to be about my fancy words or my education or my learning, and that I wanted it to be about the Spirit and the power, is in verse number 5 he says, That your faith, that your salvation, that your church, that, that everything about your Christian life would not rest upon my understanding, my wisdom, and my ability to, to know the Bible, but in the power of God. Is that what we want at Sand Hill Church? The power of God? That's what we need is the power of God. Now, I looked up that word power, and I really want you to, I want, if I get, if I'm right English-wise, you guys know how great I am at English, but if, if we could look at the verse number four, but in the demonstration of the Spirit, and, someone help me out here, doesn't that mean two different things? You know what that means? It's not, it's not the same thing, it's something different. So we have the Spirit and something different, the power. Are you with me? So Paul is saying we need the Holy Spirit and we need the power. So look that word power up. And what does that word power mean? That word power means the ability and the strength to do something. It is an evidence that something is there. So what I believe that he is saying is the preaching has to have the Holy Spirit there to show you what to say, but there has to be a power there that gives you the ability to change people's lives. See, I can argue with you. I used to think I was smart until uh, all, all of the things that I face now that I just, I'm just way over my head. I'm just being real honest. I don't know how to answer a lot of your questions. I don't know how to deal with the 15 different opinions we have about right and wrong in this church. I don't know how to deal with everybody wants something different for the church services. And I don't know how to, I don't know how to I have an answer for all that. Pastor, just pray about it and let the Lord lead you. And that's a good answer. But we need the Spirit of God. But if I could get up here and with all of my study and my biblical knowledge and lay out some lesson that was just so intelligent and so smart, and I could get you to do something, the next guy come right behind me and he'll come up with something smart and he'll just change you the other way. But if the power of God climbs down inside of your heart and changes who you are, you'll be different because of the power of God. 
And that's what we need. See, I don't need to preach to you because I'm so smart. I don't need to preach to you because I have all the answers. I need to preach to you the Spirit of God and the power of God. If we have lost people come in here, you know, we can tell sad stories. We can yank on their emotions. We can do everything else. You know, I don't want to offend, but let me just say this here. I've been thinking about this a lot. And, and I know this will, I shouldn't do this in the middle of the message because you won't listen to the rest of the thing I say. But, but you know, remember the old days when the, when the altar calls were, you know, if they go 45 minutes and they would beg and, and we'd play sad songs and everybody was crying and bawling and, and I mean, it was just, do, you know, it was, that was manipulation. You know what I believe? If God speaks to your heart and you're lost, you're going to want to get saved. When I was lost, Brother Charles, I was miserable. I was under conviction. When the preacher gave the altar call, I wanted to get saved. I didn't need a 45-minute begging and, and sad songs and pulling on me and twisting on me. I, I was in a place where I wanted to be saved. And if you can manipulate someone to get saved, you're probably not going to be able to manipulate them to stay in the church. The Spirit moves people. The power of God moves people. It is the ability to change people's lives. So that's what we need. The salvation needs to come from the power of God. And people becoming sanctified needs to come from the power of God. So we go on down. Very interesting. In verse number 7, he says that the wisdom of God is a mystery. It was hidden. You couldn't see it. Even the hidden Wisdom, which God ordained before the, before the world. Does anybody know what that means right there? Does anybody know what that means? A lot of people read this book and they say, I don't understand it. You know, this was never meant to be understood with the human mind. This is a spiritual book. And that's what God's saying is it's hidden. It's not just how smart you are, how much you've learned, how much you've studied. It is the Spirit revealing the hidden thing that God had hidden till God shows it to you. If we go down, we didn't read it, but if we go down, I believe it's like verse 13 or 14. It says the, the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. And we can say, well, that's talking about the lost person not understanding the thing. And it is talking about that. But I believe it's also a fair reference. Brother Terry just stood up here and said, in our flesh we don't listen to God in our flesh this book doesn't make sense in our flesh we don't understand but in the spirit this book all of a sudden starts making sense if the spirit begins to show it to us and isn't this mind-blowing look at the last uh, phrase in the chapter verse 16 the very last phrase isn't this mind-blowing Paul wraps it all up but we have the mind of Christ. Can anybody else say wow? Do you have the mind of Christ? Are you as smart as Christ? You know what he's saying? That he's argued for all this time that it is the Spirit of God. You know what he is saying? He is saying that you can understand the deep things that only God knows if you have the Spirit of God showing it to you. Is that what he's saying? So we need the Spirit of God. We need the Spirit of God. Now, I'm all the time talking about uh, taking things in context, and I don't know if I've got that point across or not. I've harped on it forever. But verse number 9 is a perfect illustration of a verse that has been taken. Now, you can read verse number 9, just ignore everything before it, after it, and everything in the Bible, and just take verse number 9. I have not seen or ear heard, neither entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for him. And you can stand up and say, Oh, glory, heaven is so great. I just can't imagine what it's like, and we'll never understand it until we get there. But when we get there, God will show us what it is. I've heard that over and over and over and over. But you know, there's not one thing in this whole entire chapter that says anything about heaven whatsoever. 
There's nothing there. The whole entire thing is about preaching. Chapter 1, about preaching, about the Spirit of God. Uh, the, even going on into chapter 3, it's, it's, there's nothing there about heaven. You say, well, it says the things prepared. Can I tell you, God's got some things prepared for you right now. He's got some things prepared for you. Well, the day you got saved, he had some things prepared for you. And you say, Pastor, that's not what... Well, let's look what it says. It says, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither does entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. And then what does verse 10 say? But God... God always changes everything. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. What did he reveal to us? The things that eye and ear cannot hear, cannot see. The things we didn't know in verse number 9, he said in verse number 10, I'll show it to you. It is the Spirit of God that will reveal these things to you. And look what it says. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. I believe there's a, there are meanings in here you'll never get with any amount of study until the Holy Spirit shows it to you. Amen? So, that is very eye-opening for me. And what I get from that is this. I believe preachers should study. I believe all of our preachers should study. we got three young preacher boys. I believe they ought to be studying. I believe it is their duty. I don't believe you'll ever be a good preacher without studying. We're going to get to that here in a little bit. I believe it is required that you study. But I think I can say now, after almost 40 years of studying very, very, very faithfully and diligently, it's not enough. It's not enough. Without the Spirit of God, all the Bible learning you'll ever get will never be enough. Amen? All right? So, so, so now to the message. Point number one, why the conflict? Why, why is there a conflict? Why is there that you have to either be biblical or spiritual? I believe this explains a lot. Because a lot of people come to the Bible and they think, I'm going to do a lot of studying and I'm going to learn a lot of things about the Bible and they don't really lean on the Spirit. A lot of other people, a lot of preachers say, oh, I'm just going to lean on the Spirit. I don't need to read this. I don't need to study this. I just need to let the Spirit show me what to do. You know, both of those are very anti-biblical. You need to study it, but you're never going to understand it without the Spirit of God. That's what you need, right? So, so why the conflict? I believe that Satan, I believe it's one of the greatest, like I said, this is a worldwide thing. This is, you can go to all over, you know, you got the church down the road, they're shouting hallelujah and running the pews, and they're talking about us, those, other, those other people who read the Bible and they don't have dry services, and then you got those having dry services that are reading their Bible, and they're very, very good on doctrine, and, and there ain't been a spirit there in a long time. And we think the two can't go together. There's a conflict there, right? But my conflict, my hang-up, everybody knows my hang-up, my hang-up has been all of my life being in church all of my life, one of my big hang-ups is, I remember, talk, I remember talking about this when I was a little boy. But then I remember this so very well. I, I remember just many, many grown-ups talking about this. There'd be people come here, and they would shout, they would scream, they would yell, they'd shout hello, and they're the meanest, wickedest person here. They weren't even close to being a good Christian. And I thought, so how can a Christian, or how can the Spirit of God dwell in such an evil, wicked vessel? I'm talking about people who do all kinds of just evil things, but man, they were shouting hallelujah on Sunday, and then they were living like the devil the rest of the week. I'm thinking, how do you do that? 
And then I see a lot of, uh, a lot of people, again, stand up and say, Lord told me this, Lord told me that. I see a lot of preachers say, Lord told me this, Lord told me that. But I have all kinds of preacher friends, and I talk to them, and they say, well, I'm just going to let the Lord lead me. Then I'll talk to them a little bit later, yeah, Lord told me to do this. And then I'll talk to them a little bit later, oh, that's a big mistake, should have never done that. Well, that's really confusing for me. That's just conf- if you don't have, if you got an emotional mind, boy, you eat that stuff up. If you got a logical mind, you say, that doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make any sense, right? So, if you guys understand that, if you guys are with me, here's what I believe the Lord has shown me. I, here's where we get to camp. All right, some of you look very bored, so we're going to try to get to camp right now. So, title of the message is Dirty Filters. Dirty Filters. And this is really eye-opening to me. I hope it will be to you as well. But I want to ask this question. If you believe, I don't know who believes and who don't, but if you believe that God leads us, the Spirit of God leads us. Do we believe that? Does anybody believe that? The Spirit of God leads us. So I want to ask this question. Where does the Lord lead you? In other words, do I feel it in my hand? Do I get a feeling in my foot? Is it, you know, is it down here in my leg somewhere? Where, where does the Lord lead you? In your heart. Now, there's, some, there's a couple things in your heart. One, your heart is where your emotions are at. And I preached on that enough times, but that is not a good source. But Jeremiah, where Jacob shared this with us in his message this week that I hope everybody listened to. But in Jeremiah 17, 9, it says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? So we got a problem. Holy Spirit which is pure and holy and righteous, wants to talk to me, but it's going to talk to me in my heart. But my heart is dirty. Okay? Now, you put the Holy Spirit, which is pure, in a dirty heart, and I wonder what's going to come out. Anybody know? So, we have, this is, this is a really good picture, by the way. It filters the water. So we take our tap water, which is already filtered, and we run it through this, and it filters it anymore. It takes all the stuff. It's really, really good water. It tastes really good. Anybody thirsty, Matt? It tastes really, really good. It is, it's just cold and clean. It's amazing. It tastes, it tastes so much different after it runs through. So this is good, clean, pure water. Anybody want any? Anybody want some cold water? It's, it's really, really good. Okay? And, and let me just assure you, this water here is pure it is clean. It's good for you. It'll do what you need. Okay? But we got to drink it out of this cup. But my heart is kind of like this filter right here. I don't know if you guys can see this. It's kind of like this filter right here. You say, preacher, we're Christians. We have clean hearts. I'm going to show you that you don't have a clean heart. Okay? I'm going to show you that you don't have a clean heart. Because the Bible says that your heart is deceitful and wicked. I'm talking about after you get saved. So, we're going to put some of this good, clean water, run it through this filter, and boy, it's going to be good. But Charles, I'd like for you to drink this for me, buddy. Yeah, he probably would. He'd drink it and wouldn't even yeah. wouldn't care. He's a bad illustration, right? <laughs> Sister Joyce, you come drink this for me, honey. Uh, now, I put really good water in there. 
It's very, very clean. It's really good. But none of you won't drink it. What's your problem? Velvet, you drink it for me, honey. We're, 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 we're close. You'll do it for me, won't you? See, you can put something good in, but something bad comes out. And just as real as I possibly can, the Lord really spoke to me this week. I said, Lord, I don't know how to lead this church. Lord, I don't know how to follow your spirit. Lord, I I don't know how to do this. And and Lord, I'm so confused. There's so many preachers and so many Christians who say, the Lord showed me and the Lord did this. And Lord, and it's not you. And it is not right. And it is not righteous. And Lord, I'm so confused. There's so many times I have said, the Lord told me and it wasn't right and it wasn't accurate. And Lord, I am so confused. And he got brought me this chapter and he gave me this thought. And he said, son, it's because it's going through a dirty filter. It's going through a dirty filter. So I stand up very proudly and say, this is what we need to do. God showed me. And maybe God did show me, but by the time it got through my dirty heart, it came out all messed up. And it came out just like this cup of water right here. It's polluted. It's contaminated. There ain't nobody here except for Brother Charles that would drink that. All right? He'd probably drink it. wouldn't even bother him, but I won't even tell you what's in there. But Will we admit... We have a dirty filter. Will anybody admit that you have a dirty filter? And that is the problem. Therein lies the problem. So, let's just think about a few things. Let's just think about a few things. So, you've got this clean filter right here. Before I go any farther, does anybody here, because if not, we might as well just dismiss and go home. Those watching us online, those here, does anybody here really want to know how to be led by the Lord? Is anybody like, am I the only one that's been in church for all these years and you still ain't figured it out? Is anybody like to understand what the problem is? You say, preacher, I've got a clean filter. I am a Christian. I live a good life. And my filter is clean. My guess is I could pour that water in, in this good, pure, clean water into a different cup through this good, clean filter. And every one of you drink it. Okay? It'd be clean and pure. Here's some of the things we face at the Sand Hill Church, and we face at every church. Do you know the way your parents raised you makes your filter dirty? I'm not, I'm not trying to bring up anything bad, but there are people who have been taught very wrongly by their parents. There are people who have been abused and mistreated and not loved. There are people who have all kinds of things done to them. And now I look down into your filter, it's dirty. So now everything the Word of God says and everything the Spirit of God says, you run it through the filter of what my dad did to me, what my mom did to me, what an aunt or an uncle or grandma or grandpa did to me, what some person I knew did to me. You run it through that filter and maybe it was the Holy Spirit that came to you, but once it gets through your hurt and the things you've been raised with, it is now dirty and contaminated. And you say, this is what God wants. It is contaminated because of the things that have happened to you. Now, you say, preacher, that's not me. Let's talk about me and Renee. We were both raised in church. I have the best parents anyone could ever have. I was raised in church. Uh, To this day, I'm 54 years old. I have never seen my mom and dad do sinful things. What they are here at church is what they are at home. They are godly people. They raised me right. They loved me right. They never abused me. They never did anything wrong to me. I was raised in a good church. I spent all my life in church. You say, preacher, I bet your filter is clean. 
I bet your filter is pure. You had good parents. You had a good church. Been in church all your life. Blah, blah, blah. I see some preachers that left their wife for another woman. I see some preachers that molested little girls. I see some people that I really looked up to that hated each other. I see a whole bunch of people who shouting hallelujah, living like the devil. All of a sudden, my filter is dirty. Is anybody with me? And now the Holy Spirit comes down from heaven, and it is pure and it is holy, and it comes into Gary's heart. But when it comes out of Gary's heart, I'm thinking about those preachers that have been rotten and scoundrels. I'm thinking about those Christians that have not been what they're supposed to be. I'm thinking about all the things I've seen in all my life in all the churches that was ugly and it was bad and it was sinful. And when it comes out of my heart, Brother Charles, it's not pure. It is contaminated because of all the things I've seen. So you, you have a filter, but you've been hurt. Boy, if you've not been the pastor and had the joy of working with people that are hurt, it is, it is a blast. Do you know when people get hurt? Common sense makes, you know, I'm a logical person. Immediately hurt me because common sense makes absolutely no difference. If you're hurt, you could care less about common sense or what's right. And it doesn't make any difference. I'm hurt and my feelings is all that matters and nothing else matters. Well, so you've been hurt. Are you with, is, has anybody here been hurt? Have you ever been hurt? Anybody ever been hurt by church people? Anybody ever been disappointed in how Christian people were? Your filter's dirty. And now when the preacher preaches, sorry CJ, when the preacher preaches, stand up Jacob, do your job son. (laughs) Tilt that camera. And now when the preacher preaches, I wonder how many people, don't raise your hand, I wonder how many people sat in, in this church that are sitting here this morning and I have preached the word of God with the spirit of God, but because you were so hurt at somebody else in this church, you disregarded everything that was said, did not matter. And you felt very justified because when that Holy Spirit came and spoke to you, it ran through your filter, which said, I am hurt at Sister Bessie, and I don't want anything to do with that because I am hurt right now. The church let me down. The church did something that somebody I had respect in did something I didn't like. The preacher, he, he disappointed me. I thought he would be better, and he let me down. On and on and on. And we have these things, and the filter is dirty. And when the Holy Spirit comes down, which is pure, it runs through our dirty heart, and it contaminates what comes out. And for me, that explains a whole lot of what I've seen in church all my life. You know, I mentioned about my mom and dad. And I don't believe anybody could have a better parents than I had. But as much as I love them and as much as I honestly think they're the best parents of, of anybody that I know anywhere, and anywhere, I honestly believe that. But I got to tell you the truth, they're not perfect. Anybody here have perfect parents? They did everything right and they never made a mistake. Raise your hand. All right? Steve said he did. Oh, congratulations, Steve. You're alone. All right? The rest of us got messed up parents. And by the way, before my parents, Adam and Eve were my mom and dad. And they really messed me up. See, I started out with a bent nature towards sin. I have lived all of these years with all the things that I have seen with my eyes and heard and all the things I've been through. All the times I've been hurt, all the things I've seen, my filter's dirty. And when the Holy Spirit tries to lead me, I sometimes get a very wrong understanding because I went through a dirty filter. And if you understand that at all, there's not anybody here, I'm very confident of that, there's not anybody here. Who can say, my filter's clean. 
My childhood was perfect. Everyone in my life's always treated me perfect. I've never seen anything bad in church. Every preacher I've ever met was perfect. And I've never been around anything that was bad. My life has just been perfect. Any takers on that? Any takers on that? So we are to, according to this scripture, we are to be led by the Spirit. The preacher is to preach by the Spirit. The congregation is to be led by the Spirit. I, as your pastor, am to make decisions based upon the Spirit of God leading us uh, through, through, the, through the way the Lord wants us to go. That is what church is supposed to be. But we don't do that sometimes because our filters are dirty. Starting with the preacher and the pastor and going to every rest, the rest of you here. See, I pray about it. And I say, this is what we should do. And I'm convinced that that's right. Truth is, God may have spoke to me, but what came out wasn't pure because of my filter's dirty. But then you catch me and tell me, we can't do that, preacher. That's definitely wrong. Well, the Spirit may have taught you too, but it came through your filter and your filter's dirty. So we've got two contaminated waters. They're comparing each other. Now, if I've got this cup here and we've got another cup that's just as dirty, do you care which one you drink? Because they're both bad. And that's, and that's what we have a lot of times. We have a lot of corrupt thinking. And we've got all kinds of, listen, right now we're faced with all kinds of decisions. We've got our, our country is literally falling apart. Our government is falling apart. This virus is driving people crazy. We have lies on every hand. We are faced with, a, I believe, a far greater threat than 9-11 right now. Well, we don't know what the future holds of our country after the election. There's a lot of things going on. And the church needs leaders that are being led by the Holy Spirit. And there's no other, there's no other answer. It's not Bible understanding. It's not, none of those things. I, I'm not discounting that. I'm not taking away from that. But I'm saying there's no other answer but the Spirit of God leading us. But we're not going to do it with dirty filters. Does anybody understand what I'm saying? So, um, point number three, real simple. How to clean your filter. I believe everybody here needs a clean filter. You know, Spike, when you change oil in your car, you don't take out the dirty oil and just put clean oil in it. Everybody knows that would do no good because all the dirt is in the filter. You take that old filter off, which really has all the dirt in it, throw it away, and you put a brand new clean one on there. Now that clean oil can run through a clean filter. Is, it, is that the way it works? That's the way that's where your heart works, too. If you've got an old dirty heart, you can pray all day long for the Spirit but that Spirit's coming through you. Anybody ever had this experience? I hope I'm getting this through to you. I, most of you look like you're getting it. A few of you, maybe not. You ever been down on your knees praying for God to show you something? And about the time you got down there, you remember what Darren did to you that really ticked you off? You remember how Renee just really disappointed you? Just I can't believe that she's the pastor's wife. She'd do something like that. You're, you're, I mean, we can just pick everybody all across the congregation. Brother Jacob, man, I just can't believe I, I would listen to the Lord, but man, I can't get what Brother Jacob did. Is anybody with me? And you're trying to get God to lead you, and you can't get over your dirty filter. And so how do we clean our filters? Turn your Bible to, to John chapter 15. I want you to read this with me because I don't want to just read it to you. John chapter 15, St. John chapter 15. If you know your Bibles, that is the, uh, the great parable of the vine. But in it, it says something. And as I, the Lord began to really work with me on this, uh, on this thought... This came, this came to my mind, and as I went back and read it, it was really quite amazing to me. Because if I could just be real honest, I just got through telling you guys that you can study this thing 
a lot and not understand what it means. I have, I have read and preached on John 15 over and over and over and over and over again. But I always seen that little verse there and I thought, that doesn't fit. It doesn't fit in this text. Everything else kind of goes together and that one little verse doesn't fit in that text. And this week, after, after 40 years of studying the Bible, uh, the, all of a sudden I understand that verse makes perfect sense. It's exactly where it's supposed to be. Who knew God was right? Right? Who knew God was right all along? So, so uh, John chapter 15, very familiar scripture. Just read it real quickly. Uh, verse number one, I am, the vine, I am the true vine and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it that it may bring forth more fruit. So that we are the branches and Christ is the, is the vine. We must abide in the vine. We must abide in Christ if we want to bear fruit. Simple analysis here of, of the entire uh, parable. But then verse number three seemed like to me it didn't fit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. What in the world does that have to do with raising grapes? I mean, we're talking about vines and grapes and branches and fruit. And all of a sudden he says, "If you, the word of God is going to make you clean. Can I tell you, we got to stay plugged into the vine. We got to be in the vine. If you're not in Christ, you do not have any part in this. We have to be a part of the vine. And we are the branches and we are to bear fruit. But then he says, the word is what cleans you. So let me tell you this. We need the Holy Spirit because we cannot understand this book without the Holy Spirit. Amen? But we will not understand the Holy Spirit without this book. And do you see how Satan has pitted one against another where it either is Bible or it is spirit? And what God is actually trying to tell us is you can't understand this without the spirit. But with the spirit, without this, you'll be all messed up. And that's why we have so many. And I've seen all my life people who have almost no knowledge of this. They claim to be very spiritual, but they say crazy, crazy things because it takes the word of God to clean your filter. If you don't have the Word of God, your filter's corrupt. You can be as spiritual as you want to, but you're going to be all messed up. If you only have the Word of God without the Spirit of God, you're going to be all messed up. It takes the Word of God. It takes the Spirit of God. Without them, we have no hope. Amen? So do we believe we can get direction from the Spirit? This week has been just amazing for me. Not necessarily in an easy way. I've been doing a lot of repenting and a lot of soul searching. I'll be real honest, and, and I hope you don't vote me out as your pastor. But if you'd asked me this last week, the week before, do you believe the Lord can show you what to do and all that's going on? I'd have probably said, I'm not real sure. Now, I think I believed it in my head. I just didn't believe it in my heart. But after this week, now, I'm not going to get into all the particulars, but, I, you know, all of you know that I'm very hard-headed. And... Um, when the Lord has to show me something, He usually has to do it in a very difficult way. I've been going through things a lot lately, and I've, I would get down and I would pray, Lord, you said you'd give me wisdom, and I don't know how to do this. Would you show me how? Poof. He'd show me how. You say, I don't believe that. Well, you don't have to, but He did. Over and over and over again. There was something I struggled with for a year. Really, most of my life I struggled with. And I simply got down, you can believe what you went to, I simply got down and said, Lord, I don't have the wisdom or the ability to do this, but I need an answer. And I tell you, it was that day he showed me something I had never seen before in my entire life, and it has changed everything in my life. 
I believe God gives us direction. I believe God can lead us. I believe God can give us wisdom when we don't have it. I believe God can show us what to do in this church. Right now we're trying to figure out how do we move forward? What do we do? What things do we keep? What things do we get rid of? What? And there's, everybody has a different opinion. And, and we can all argue back and forth. And God showed me and everything. But you know what? If we'd all get down and we would, we would all get serious with God, we might come to a closer conclusion. Brother Vernon, my dad told me this. Brother Vernon said this, and I think this is a perfect illustration, and, and, and not to rabbit trail too far here, but Brother Vernon, this is what Brother Vernon said. This is exactly what I'm trying to say. Brother Vernon said, if you believe you can lose your salvation, you'll read every verse in here, and, every, and whenever you come to it, you'll interpret it as you can lose your salvation. If you believe you can't lose your salvation, then you'll read the same words and you'll come up with the conclusion, you can't lose your salvation. And so you have two people who love the Lord and read the same Bible and they come away and one believes they can lose salvation one believes they can't. And you say, how can that be? Because they got dirty filters. You are influenced by the way, and that's exactly what I'm saying. When you read this, to you it means what it means to you, what your heart says, what your filter is telling you, but the Holy Spirit. But let me ask you this question, not to get off on the subject of salvation, but let me ask you this question. Can the Holy Spirit tell one person you can lose your salvation and the other person you can't lose your salvation? Will the Holy Spirit do that? It's impossible. God cannot lie. Did God write the Bible and it's kind of up for our own interpretation? We decide what we want to. No. There's only one answer. There's only wrong, one right wrong. But we say we're being led by the Spirit. Spirit, and what we're actually being doing is we're being led by a dirty filter. And that's how we come up with all these wrong doctrines and everything else. And I'll be honest with you, it's got me in a lot of trouble in this church and in a lot of trouble with a lot of people. But it was very, very hard for me for a long time. When I was first started really studying the Bible, to get out of my head what had always been drilled in, this is what is right, and try to just read the Bible for what it says. And you say, well, I don't have a problem with that. Yeah, you do. Everybody does. You have a hard time getting over what you were taught. It, it, it is, I've said this so many times, if we were all on a desert island and we'd never seen the Bible before and there was just a Bible, a King James Version Bible dropped down in the mix of us and there was just 50 of us there and we were just going to read it for the first time, I believe church would be a whole lot different. Because we wouldn't have all the preconceived things we have now, we'd just do what the Bible says. But now when we read it, we, we put our own tone in there and we make it say what we want to say. And Brother Vernon is exactly right, I've said this so many times, but you know, you can take this Bible and make it say anything you want to. I can prove to you just about any point you want. But doesn't mean it's right. I gotta, I gotta say this, and I'm, I'll try to close. Can I just tell you? I don't know that we have any of those people here now at, at Sand Hill, but, but can I just tell you? If I stand up here and I bawl my eyes out and I can't hardly get a word out, and I tell you that I believe it with all of my heart, I just know this is what God wants. Does that mean anything? I mean, some people say, "Well, that has to be real." He's crying. No, my filter's dirty. I might be sincere and genuine, but I could be sincere and genuinely wrong. And just because a lot of people is like, oh, he's crying. Boy, i got to be right. That's got to be God. No, not necessarily. Because I've seen an awful lot of people cry and say they knew what they was right and God had showed them and everything else. And they were just dead wrong. Right? So, enough of that. Let's, let's, let's do this. Let's have God. Amen. We pray that this message has stirred your soul as you continue on for Christ. If you have been blessed by this sermon, we encourage you to share this podcast with others that we may together enliven each other for the kingdom cause. To listen to Sandhill Sermons live, join us each Sunday at 11 a.m. on Facebook and YouTube. You can also find additional content and programming provided by Sandhill for spiritual growth of all ages by visiting our website at www.sandhillfwb.com.